Hello and welcome to Josh Coleman's podcast, a place to have inspired conversation with interesting people. Hey everyone, today we have Sarah DeHaven on the program. She's a psychic astrologer that I've known for some time, but she's honestly so much more. Uh, we go into some really deep and fun topics. It's a very conversational, laughy, it was a really good time to be honest. Uh, so please do enjoy. Hey Sarah. Josh. Fancy meeting you in a place like this. Yes, it's quite fortuitous. (laughs) We're actually uh, filming this podcast from my van because we figured it was the easiest place to be able to sit in a quiet spot. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of loud, you know, in the city. It is loud in the city. I even just heard a siren in the background and we're in a very quiet spot. Well, hopefully they can't hear us. We'll see. Um, Just as we get started, um, we've been doing this at the start of a lot of podcasts. Like you mentioned that it's a little bit hard sometimes to talk about our own work. Mm -hmm. Do you, is that... How would you describe that feeling? Um, well, it's it's frustrating in a way, um, almost like trying to speak a tongue twister because it's it's just there's so many things that I do that my work encompasses that it's I just don't know what to say. Do I call myself a psychic, an astrologer, an exorcist, which is actually <laughs> life goals, or like what you know? What I mean, and it's like of oh, astrologer or psychic, but I have clients come in all the time and they're like what do you do? Like, how do I do this? Like, I've never had this done before, or you do this differently, you know, from other psychics or astrologers. And so I feel like those titles are just too vague. I mean, what I hear you saying also is you don't want to be put into a box or just have a one word answer, which I don't think any of us do. Yeah, totally. Right. I mean, unless it's exorcist. Okay. Let's go with exorcist. (laughs) Sarah, Sarah Peterson, exorcist. I'm Dehaven. I'm Sarah Dehaven. I'm so sorry. You're newly married (laughs) and my brain forgot. No, it's cool. It's cool. It happens. Sarah Dehaven, exorcist. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that wouldn't trigger anyone. (laughs) yeah right no way no way all right well to come down to it can you tell people who might be listening what you do yeah sure um so essentially what i do is i provide information to people and the focus of that information and my intention with that information is to provide them with what they need in order to live a happier life and to obtain whatever goals it is that they're seeking um, that's the simplest way I can put it. Yeah. And, uh, just to make it super clear, you've done that with me a number of times too. And I was even saying the other day that there are some readings that I received from you two years ago that mm-hmm. I wasn't able to integrate at the time that yeah. as my life progresses, all of a sudden I'll get a flash like, fuck, Sarah said that, didn't she? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm really glad to hear that even down the line, it's been helpful to you. I've found when I've had readings done like astrology and things like that, that, um, you know, they're valid for a long time. Yeah. yeah so I'm so one, that. one super big focus that I've noticed you working on, you even have a Facebook group about this is sovereignty. Mm. Yeah. I want, if you could, this is a big topic. It's so if big. you could sort of go into what sovereignty means to you and how you feel people could be more sovereign in their lives. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I can go into this. I one. know. I could why. just talk. I could write a book on this. Um, but um, sorry, could you repeat the question? I just want to make sure just, I'm clear on just what you're asking. What, how would you define sovereignty? Yeah. And how would you uh, suggest people implement or begin living that sovereignty in their lives. All right. Okay. So yeah, how to define it? Um, literally, it's it's self taking your being self accountable. You know, um, free being free, uh, taking up the space you need to be who you are. You know, I mean, it's really that simple. Some people say things. I mean, you know, my opinions politically. I mean, at my heart, I'm an anarchist. I don't necessarily think we're mature enough to be 
living that kind of society yet but there's like a connotation or an assumption that comes with sovereignty that seems to be very much like almost like um I guess you could say naive and idealistic and that can be true but really when it boils down to things uh, when we boil it down anarchy is about sovereignty and mm. it's about being who you are taking up space but not harming others in that process it's almost like there's a pagan saying mm -hmm. uh, do as you will but yeah. harm none exactly it almost sounds like the same thing right yeah i know that you have some roots with that correct with paganism uh, i mean like here and there Maybe. I mean, it's just, I've always been a weird kid and a weird person. I mean, when I was little, I would dress up like cats and make potions. It was just that fun. Sounds, that sounds pretty fucking pagan to me. So, right. So, <laughs> pretty so, pagan. So, so, yeah. the, so maybe the idea, again, that anarchy might be a system that fits that particular bar that we have words for. But yeah. really, again, it's what you're saying. It's like we have, we. this is what I, what I think you're saying. Mm -hmm. We have the ability to be ourselves and we have the ability to do what's right for us, regardless of necessarily societal rules yeah. except for don't mm -hmm. hurt each other right and even that is a natural law which yeah. is part of actually sovereignty even connects very closely and weaves into to natural law almost as if it was naturally meant to be how <laughs> funny is that um because i mean when you're sovereign you're not harming people you have no need to harm people because your consciousness level is automatically increasing above and out of lack-based mentalities um fear-based mentalities, those lower vibrational emotional states and mental states where violence is usually a natural effect, mm. you know? Um, when you're really sovereign, um, fully being who you are, I mean, I mean, there's probably a small percentage of people who might be straight up psychopathic, but that is so outside of the norm. I fully believe that most people are doing their best and have good hearts. And if, um, if they were allowed to take up space and really express who they are freely without any guilt or shame or feelings of um, offending other people just by being who they are, um, gosh, I mean, what a happy place we would be living mm -hmm. in, I feel. For know? sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've talked about this a lot, but guilt and shame have actually held me back significantly in my life. And, mm -hmm. I, and I mean significantly. And yeah. I know one time yeah. you read my chart and you were just like, Josh, just step up. And do the fucking thing you need to do. You know, it was like, just like, you've got all this fire. You've got all this ability. Just step forward and do the thing. And this podcast is a part of that stepping forward. Yeah. Um, but there was like, yeah, it's like, there's a feeling of like, oh, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. Mm -hmm. But that in itself, um, if no one stepped on anyone's toes, then what we... It wouldn't be a very good dance. <laughs> right? Like, this is how we learn, too, because sometimes we don't even realize, like, what we need to do to take up space. And in that uh, process, invariably, we're going to mess up. Um, is it okay if I swear? We're gonna, oh, please. We're going to fuck up here and yeah. there. And it's not necessarily um, out of malice. It's just some out of ignorance. We're really ignorant species, you know? And uh, we're I think just learning. I think especially when it's a subject of ignorance and not... Like, you can tell when a person's trying to do something like again psychopathic or like yeah. or it's a it's a, a lack of judgment or a lack of um awareness oh yeah this is something that i've been really noticing though is we do still live in a very punishment-based society oh yes and so there's obviously our political system which mm -hmm. comes from christianity which comes from all these like really shame-based um intense you're going to either go to hell or you're going to go to jail or you're going to go to something if you fuck up right but then also socially we've got this whole social jail that happens too where if you make a mistake you throw people away and the idea of you know especially in not extreme cases but restorative justice and practices where we can have a person fuck up and take ownership of that 
and then grow and then move forward, I mm-hmm. think is something that we could really use in our society. Like that's something I, it's like, it's shocking that we don't have that system right now. It's huge. <laughs> and you know, it's funny too, because it can be so scary to even own up to something that we've done out of fear of how um, society is going to react. That's what it mostly is, I would say. Yeah, but yeah. then at the same time, speaking from personal experience as someone who spent so much time in my life hiding who I really was because of my perception of what I was expected to be, when I let myself, you know, like just take up that space and admit who I am, you know, you know, I've talked about secondary psychopathy and yeah. things like that. Um, I was able to forgive myself, and I think that's even a big piece of sovereignty too, is, um, you know, just letting go of crimination, if I'm even using the right word, um, for ourselves. That's beautiful. You know, it's true. It's Could you go into that more? Um, about what exactly? Well, just what it means to forgive oneself, I guess. Yeah, okay. Um, so it's, it's a difficult, it's not necessarily a logical process. It's more for at least the way that I went into this and did this. Um, a meditation was a big piece of it because observation of what's going on inside of you, the thoughts, the feelings, and then what, how you're reacting to certain thoughts and feelings, what brings about certain thoughts and feelings. You can see the cause and effect just by observing. And oftentimes for me, um, you know, when I'm working on this kind of stuff, meditation's super uncomfortable. You don't want to feel those feelings (laughs) of the fact that you're jealous, that you might want someone to die, that you wish ill for others, or that you hate yourself. Those are really hard feelings to look at. Um, But at the same time, when you listen to them and pay attention to them and just watch what they're saying and why they're saying what they're saying, it's almost like what's revealed underneath is the truth and it's almost always vulnerability um a desire to be loved and it just becomes distorted and then it becomes so much easier to forgive Mm. when you see what it is well i think just to keep hammering on this because i think that anyone could use this information yeah anyone could use this uh inspiration to go inside themselves see their darkness Mm. and be not okay with it as an in indulging, right. but be okay as in just factual. This is what I feel. Yeah. This is what I think. And then why do I feel that way? And then do self-inquiry, right? Yeah. And uh, I know that you've also done Vipassana, mm-hmm. which is where they kind of teach pretty much exactly that, right? Exactly. But a lot of spiritual circles, New Age circles in particular, there's a lot of ignorance when it comes to owning that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of um, people putting on fake happiness and all that kind of stuff and just like, oh, positive thinking and all this stuff. And it's like, Try oh, insane (laughs) okay 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 like you're gonna hurt yourself in the long term it's not that to think positively isn't a good thing but usually it's like you think positive because you've gone into the darkness because you've seen where it comes from and then the positive thought is oh i didn't i didn't mean to hurt others yeah that's the positivity it's not just like a blind forward movement (laughs) right it's more genuine right because like if we think of things like um I mean, you know, I study natural law pretty extensively. Cause and effect is a huge one, a huge um, principle in this, in this in this reality. And so if we're just being positive and forcing the positivity, although sometimes fake it till you make it can work in certain situations, if we're not addressing root causal factors mm-hmm. as to why we're unhappy, then it's like just sweeping it under the rug and putting it in the closet and we all know what happens it doesn't go anywhere it's going to jump out and scare you in the middle of the night right (laughs) and and oftentimes at the most fortuitous times karma decides to 
force us to take a look at those things. So it's not going anywhere, whether it's this lifetime or the next left lifetime, we're going to have to face it. And so again, forgiving oneself is a big part of sovereignty. I Huge. totally agree. And going into these, uh, using meditation or whatever form of self-inquiry you yeah. use. Absolutely. Again, it would be nice if as a people though, as a cultural shift, that mm -hmm. was something that we understood that we needed to do and then could support each other through those processes as well. I think it would make it a lot easier. I love that because, um, you know, I mean, I, actually, there's a few things I want to touch on with regard to what you've just said. It just sparked some things. So first, um, the support of community and family, and that doesn't necessarily need to be biological family, just people that you feel resonance uh, that is similar to that, a familial resonance with, are huge. I mean, it's huge. It, no one's an island that can't do it themselves. Mm -hmm. We do need support from each other. And this is actually why, um, you know, as a person of color, I love how um, like BIPOC, which is Black, Indigenous, and People of Color acronym for that, um, how they approach that kind of support mm. for people of color um, in such a way where we let ourselves have that space to be who we are. As somebody myself, um, I'm a person of color with like, well, I mean, I'm mixed with so many different races, but the dominant race is black, mm. right? Um, and we've, we've traced that back to places like Senegal and the Ivory Coast, you know? Um, and so I don't know much about my culture, but what I do know is that I've got a spirit in me that's very uncolonized and I need space to be myself. And in the BIPOC community, there's a lot of acceptance of people's idiosyncrasies, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing I wanted to say as well is another support, and this is why I do astrology, is knowing who you are and how you function. Mm -hmm. That's a huge part of accepting who you are because society often has like this very rigid rule structure and expectation of how a person should be and what constitutes a healthy person. Um, we have labels like ADD and ADHD and mm. depression without realizing what, why a person's that way, what mm. they really need. And astrology can show you just who you are and how you function. So, I mean, that's another support for forgiveness. When you see like, for instance, me, Aries moon, <laughs> hair trigger temper, <laughs> hair trigger temper, right? Like I will, bite your throat out i know <laughs> rick grimes bite your face off like not really i mean but there's if it... funny enough with the, with, air, with the aries energy in general i always find it such a quick burn though so i know a lot of aries and yeah. and like that energy is so funny to me in fact i love being around aries because the intensity can ramp up and i'm just like wow this is like almost the theatrical but i don't even mean dramatic i just mean like just observing the intensity i'm always just like holy shit and yeah. then like five minutes later all is well and it's i'm just like, like wow wants, that's like who wants popsicles yeah exactly <laughs> like, like i don't think i should remind this person of what just happened because like, <laughs> you could though that's the best thing about aries is you could remind them and be like what well, i'm done i'm over it yeah exactly like, i've real. had that happen i've had that yeah. happen i'm like i'm like but aren't you because like as a, as an Aquarius, I think sometimes I can hold on to things a little too much. Like mm -hmm. that's, but it, it's kind of a mixed bag. We don't need to go into those specific things. But yes, yeah, so Aries Moon intensity. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, we could talk about Aquarius a little bit too. Sure. But yeah, the Moon uh, Moon and Aries. I mean, my instinctual reaction is to get angry, and I felt so much shame about that. And I had reactions from parents and family and community just with my reactions being inappropriate. I've had that so much, and then the more that I studied my astrology. I went to my mentor, he, he looked at my astrology and he was just like, this is who you are. It's frigging fine. And, and your communities, as you're saying, of, yeah. of, um, of BIPOC 
folks who mm -hmm. are specifically trying to figure out uh, how to actually channel their anger in ways, right? Right, to constructively channel their anger and their creativity that comes from that because a lot of that stuff comes from, like the, as you know, like the sacral, solar, plexus mm -hmm. kind of areas. And so that can be channeled in creative ways that, um, that I feel in my own personal opinion, are natural to, to BIPOC expression in a lot mm -hmm. of ways, like um, artistic expressions that we see that in a lot of, I mean, I don't want to get into this, but we do see them becoming um, co-opted mm -hmm. or, um, you know, just kind of almost like, I don't stolen. like the word yeah. stolen. I mean, I say it, but it's not, it's not the word I'm going for, um, but... Uh, well, here's... here's I've been thinking about these issues a lot, obviously, as I yeah. think anybody has been, and I'm, I'm, I come from European background. There's a suspicion of native blood, but I haven't gotten tested, so I wouldn't be able to know. Yeah. Beyond all of that, I think that it's true that that same sovereignty principle could help every single person along that spectrum. Mm -hmm. So the sovereignty of, of people of color coming out and saying, hey, this is who the fuck I am, and this is, you cannot repress me, and you cannot stomp me down any longer. And then for the, the colonizers, or for the people that have had power, but it's a surface, superficial power, yep. coming into their sovereignty would bring depth, and it would have them find their own passions and not just be co-opting other people's things and that kind of stuff, too. Right? You just gave me, like, the most amazing fantasy of... <laughs> turning Hillary Clinton into a person who just fully accepts herself and she's sitting there like getting down yeah. and dancing on yeah. the dance floor and smiling yeah. genuinely not yeah. that like creepy yeah, I eat babies smile yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I didn't like that when I saw that at the, uh, yeah. the debates so I was like Ooh. <laughs> right because it's not real and it's chilling when we know something's kind of off you know what it's cool that you said that we're jumping around a little bit but this is a fun topic yeah. I've always thought that when when Okay, I think anyone can go through a change of heart and into openness. Yeah. And I'm talking about the, the corrupt people too. Mm -hmm. And I've always had this thought of like a George Bush type character. Mm -hmm. and, and he's going, well, you know, we've done some wrong. And I had a change of heart the other night and I started to really feel the pain that I've inflicted and my family has. And like, I think I'm going to try and help by donating my resources and like just go through a whole thing own it publicly and then yeah. go through a whole thing like Ebenezer Scrooge style fuck wouldn't it be cool if a bunch <laughs> of people did that though you know like that would work on mass if a whole fuck ton of people all started to own their and I don't think we should be trying to say and yeah George Bush now go to jail I think it should be a moment of reckoning that we have together as a people and then say okay well I know we've all done these wrong things my family was doing it so I kind of inherited all that shit now I'm turning that ship around and maybe it'll be the children of these people too it could yeah. be that that's what ends up happening because there's a lot more consciousness going around the youth. Well, I mean, you know, I, I feel like everyone is salvageable. It's a, it's down to the, the your your choice to be sincere. Yeah. You know, that's what it is at the end of the day. I mean, like I was saying, um, dark dark past. I come from very mm. hateful individual, and I mean, like, although I still have those feelings, obviously, um, there's so there's so much aversion to them, and not even in a way that's unnatural. It's just more like I would rather be happy. I would rather feel mm. loved. I would rather that, and so I just choose. And I think that at first it can be scary, um, because you know, I mean, we just there's this deeply primal response to to, or I guess you could say awareness of other people's reactions, you know, um, but. It's the only way out is it, honesty and truth. It also puts you in a good position. Yeah. If you've overcome a lot of darkness or at least you understand it so much that it doesn't control you in that way, yeah. your ability to then help other people who might be down in the dumps or maybe in harder situations has increased tenfold. Well, it gives you context for sure. Yeah. I mean, I honestly feel like that's why my life path was the way it was, was because I couldn't have derived the type of context that I have that gives me the ability to really 
empathize, I think, with certain um, portions of the population other people wouldn't, like pedophiles, mm. sociopaths and psychopaths, um, and like people that are struggling in that way, even narcissists and whatnot, you know, like, um, I call me naive, call me whatever, but I have a lot of empathy and understanding. Is it, is of it where fair to say that from. you don't like what they're doing, yeah. but you do understand how it came to be the cause and effect absolutely right and i mean um yeah like that's you know that's that's kind of part of sovereignty as well as understanding that um everyone's walking their own path we all have our own karma maybe somebody's not going to figure out in this lifetime how to clear that and that's kind of on them and that's not to say to take a passive approach and not try to do better here for the world for ourselves and for the people we care about um where we can and where we're called to to do but at the same time you know we well, gotta give people space and, and i so i just want to say yeah. i am not condoning criminal activity or harming i'm very very against that but at the same time uh hatred will never solve anything i just want to be clear about that that's a huge lesson though and that's what we were talking about before is we don't have systems in place for people to go through transformations yeah you know what i mean we have we have i was saying this the other day actually someone was saying I was thinking about how shame being used as an energy to help someone change. Mm -hmm. It may change behavior, but it won't change the person. Yeah. And I think it's that deeper transformation that needs to happen. And that requires space and it requires empathy and it requires understanding. And it also requires like, obviously sometimes very forceful, Hey, you can't do that. Right. But exactly. that's not the yeah. same thing as shame, which is basically saying you are not worthy of transformation. You yeah. know what I mean? There's like that weird line between like, um, inspiration and like when you're saying to someone you can change and then helping them do that or they go through that own ins their own inspiration which is actually better if a person mm -hmm. realizes within themselves they need to change yeah. versus trying to shame someone into a change yeah. there's a really strange funny line there where even even if you do get someone to change, yeah. it might not be a lasting change. Oh, it's shame. so, so true, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's really a fine line to dance, and it will work for some and not for others, yeah. depending on where they're at, where they're ready to receive, and all of these different factors. This is why everyone's walking their own path, and it's so, so true, though. Like, um, I mean, they've been able to prove, too, just even the way that we treat plants. Yes. How we talk to That's plants, right. what, we're, what we're kind of emitting toward them is going to have, like, an overt effect on how healthy they grow, how quickly they grow. You know, and these kinds of things. So we've talked a lot about sovereignty. We've yeah. talked about healing. We've talked about finding ways to, to find that sovereignty inside of ourselves. If you were to think like of a long scale vision of what you'd want a society to look like, and I know that again, with sovereignty, you can't have one person decide that. Mm. But if you had like kind of a vision of what that would look like, what would it look like to you? The, 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 the here, I mean, you know, um, lay it down. <laughs> I just laugh because I, I have this thing, I call it Sarah's dictatorship. Yeah. <laughs> right? Sarah's benevolent dictatorship. It's a joke, really, because I mean, you know. I know a lot of a lot but, of really strong, beautiful people who say things like that, though. Yeah. So let's picture let's picture the dictatorship change, and it was like, <laughs> it's yeah. like for some reason we were all we were all aiming intention. Maybe it's intentional mm -hmm. dictatorship. In other words, we're aiming this intention for something new, and that's how we're seeding the clock of consciousness. How, yeah. would, how would you do that? So I feel like a council of wise people who are uh, who have a, a high uh, level of personal ethics, um, a high connection, like a very clear awareness of their conscience, and um, the willingness to take responsibility for their actions, and also be able to prove their mental, uh, mental emotional, and spiritual health. Mm. I like personally I feel now, like are they voted in though like how does that this see, is where things get this a bit, is this is where yeah. it gets blurry for me because I honestly don't know I on I 
I'm not the jury's out for me on when it comes to things like democracy I just maybe it's because of the corruption that it doesn't work because voting does seem logical but then at the same time I would need you would need to be a thing where everyone has a say mm -hmm. you know um, but um, but yeah as far as that goes I would I feel like a council of like a wide variety of people with different uh, areas of wisdom to help guide mm. a populace m guiding more from a, a, a maternal like not even just maternal but that kind of a, a real healthy blend of the mother-father archetype yeah. because we do need guidance from those types of archetypes but um, it needs to be very um, like there needs to be a lot of accountability and at the same time too like a lot of love and courage and wisdom and honesty and um, the ability to just I guess you could say guide everyone in a way where they're giving, being given as much space to be who they are as possible, mm -hmm. like in the, in the school system. And so, I mean, I could go so into how the school system, you know, could yeah. be improved. But yeah, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to. Well, oh, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. And it's funny when we're talking about the, the council and that sort of thing, it probably would work better at first on a smaller scale. So, sure. otherwise, communal yeah. situations and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, I mm -hmm. think that would make the most sense. Um, I do, it's funny you say this, though. I actually do think that people could be generally good and we could have systems that are born that yep. actually do work for us because and it, it could be an anarchic system you know what i mean it doesn't have to be that it's like a, a system system the way we think of it and it would the whole thing would be and i've always thought about that i don't know how the fuck it would work but having more resources wouldn't necessarily mean anything Mm -hmm. And that would mean that probably we had food and, and shelter covered. Like yeah. that, if that was just if we, if we talk if we talk about like a scarcity, and that's how violence starts. That's how people fight over things. That's how power and corruption starts. Mm -hmm. The pol our politicians are bought out almost one hundred percent on everything just because a couple of corporations wanted to make an extra buck, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, if totally. if for some reason having more of the resources didn't mean more, then I think that that would really help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's a huge thing, you know. Then there'd be just no reason to fuck with people, I guess, if you know what I mean. And yeah. Like, it wouldn't be, it, and again, in this, we're also talking empathetically mm -hmm. because it means that people are scared they don't have enough. And so when they, yeah. when they take uh, cuts from, like, what do you call them, lobbyists and that kind of stuff, which obviously I don't support that at all, mm -hmm. but they must be fucking scared if that's what they're doing. You know, there must be this element of them that's trying to hoard in order to make sure that they have enough. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, and that's like yeah. the, the, the animal inside of us, the unchecked animal yeah. that's trying its hardest to... <laughs> you know, like, what is it called? Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs? Have you yeah, ever heard of that? That's right. So, like, the bottom of that is homeostasis. There's other things too, like eating, like the basics that we need. And Maslow's hierarchy of needs is just like a pyramid for anyone who's wondering. It's a pyramid, a uh, graphical representation of, of our needs. And at the top are things like enlightenment and at the bottom are our basic needs like food and shelter. And on the bottom is homeostasis, you know? To, to not be in a state of stress mm -hmm. and we and you know when we do have those basic resources covered I think that that gives people just way more um, natural freedom to explore more of what the world has to offer and what mm -hmm. human life experience has to offer other than survival mode that's right you know and it doesn't matter how much money you make some people can have tons of money and still be in that kind of I need to, to hoard it all for myself mentality and we even see that with some of the richest people in the world. I mean, like, I, I can't speak to what their mental state is because I haven't looked into that extensively myself, but, I mean, clearly there's a, like a, a Jeff, fear. Like Jeff Bezos or any of these people, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how much money is enough money for an individual person, you know? I mean, <laughs> and that just shows me, like, at the same time, on one hand, 
we hear things like eat the rich, like these kinds of sayings. And, you know, my opinion on that is an interesting one. But, um, but simultaneously, like we do, like, if one suffers, we all suffer. These are like fundamental things we always need to remember. And so wanting their blood, as much as I can empathize with that, um, it won't help. It will continue to keep our karma in a place that is dirty, if that makes sense. I very much agree. And again, I think that is something that might hit a lot of people. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean things don't need to change because they fucking do. Oh my God. <laughs> well, that's, see, and this is the huge thing. And you know I get frustrated about this because I, you know, it's like an impotent frustration because I'd like to be able to have more of an effect myself. And then I get mad and kind of project it out into the world. Like I full, take full accountability for that. But that doesn't mean because all truths are half truths, right? We're talking about the law of polarity here, natural laws fundamental building blocks well that's true it doesn't mean that things don't need to change and it doesn't mean that we can sit and kind of just rest around with our <laughs> you know just chill like mm, yeah yeah this uh this ship's sinking but you know it'll, yeah. it'll work itself that's out com that's com <laughs> and that's complacency right but yeah well exactly and an this whole system or... and this whole system actually thrives on that so yeah. <laughs> and apathy is actually an emotional state that's on a vibrational level where there's a feeling on a on a deep and i i feel this to be true a deep subconscious collective level of futility hmm. and so it's almost like why bother trying to shine in my life? Why bother trying to be happy? Why bother trying to find the right love for me? Why bother trying to figure out a way for me to find work where I, I don't hate my job, you know, uh, because it's, what's, what's the point? Hmm. I totally agree. I, I just wanted to come back to the, yeah. eat, the eat the rich part. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just thought of another line. What about exercise the rich? <laughs> now see, that would be fun. I would love that. You know, any celebrities who might happen upon this or rich people, you know, just in general, yeah. more than happy to perform your exercise. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. See, this is what I'm talking about. Finding work that's fun. <laughs> I've always felt like a weird person. I've even been ostracized in school for being the weird one. And the more that I accept that, the more healthy I feel. And I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm so far from it. It's not even funny. But the level of self-acceptance I feel in genuine joy, like when I, for the work that I do, I mean, well, it's just we, we've talked a lot it. about this and, um, there's going to be a kind of a little follow-up mini podcast where I'm doing a little, um, uh, description of a workshop that I'm going to do pretty soon. Mm. But the thing is, is we don't have to be perfect in order to be teachers or leaders. Yeah. And I think that it's very strange that we demand that of our leaders as well. I'm, I'm going to think about, I don't want to even use names, but if a person for example, was a politician and they were to go to yoga, mm -hmm. people would probably slam them for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Find something, right? Yeah. Something, exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. but, but the idea of, of people needing to do self-care, especially in terms of leadership, we don't need to overwork ourselves and overstress ourselves. That's definitely a thing. Yeah. But I guess the whole point of this story is a little bit jumbled there is that no one's going to be perfect. Every single year I look back at myself, I go, mm -hmm. oh fuck, if I knew then what I know now. You know, and I think that that process and getting comfortable with that process is actually a form of leadership in a way, mm. rather than this like one you've now you found your perfected state and now you're a leader and now you're going to teach everyone from that perfected state, which is the guru syndrome of the of totally. the past, which I would yeah. say karmically, if a person looked at a guru on their karmic scale, they yeah. probably stopped growing right about the time they became a guru or at least in that way right yeah yeah and they're frozen reason, yeah. in a fucked up way in this thing and then i, I when talking about gurus i think eventually they usually fall mm. that almost always happens mm. i think it's actually their soul trying to escape from that whole situation i have something fun to share <laughs> and this is for anyone who's an astrology nerd out there evolutionary astrology in particular 
So in evolutionary astrology, uh, uh, Jeffrey Wolf Green's evolutionary astrology, he has three states of awareness that the population is existing in on their soul's journey. First is the consensus state, which is the general public who believe in things like um, government, you know, or whatever the status quo happens to be. So consensus state. Yep. Uh, conformity state, we could say. That's okay. consensus yep. state, ruled by Saturn. Individuated, ruled by Uranus. Surprise, surprise. Breaking away from the herd to... to form an individual personality persona and then they're spiritual which is about two mm. to four percent i think they mm -hmm. say of the population um who are in a in a journey to reconnect to source in a sense to mm -hmm. find reunion with that you know um individuating isn't so much a priority anymore it's more about finding connection to everything that exists right and so there's three subcategories for each and in the spiritual um level where a lot of gurus are going to be um there's uh, first one, first state is ruled by Virgo. Second is ruled by Leo. Mm -hmm. And this is where all the wokeness can actually become ego food. Yeah. You know, and you're seeing... I've, I've tapped into that for fucking yeah. sure on my path of being a teacher. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a thing. I mean, it's very tempting and we're, we're always going to be faced with temptations, uh, Luciferian temptations or whatever, the kind that would, and you know... We can get into debates about Lucifer, maybe I'll avoid that for now. Um, but it's the kind of stuff that is more um, taking us away from reunion. Yeah. Um, and although those may have their benefits, um, most of us want to go home again. Mm. And so it's like lessons um, that come from those visions of grandeur that a guru may have for themselves um, over a period of one lifetime or many lifetimes that they need to go through karmically to understand that it, that that's not necessary to find. Can I ask what the third for. subcategory is? Um, and so the third subcategory, you know, I'm trying to remember correctly um, because spiritual state is ruled by Neptune. I can't remember the zodiac sign for the third state. Do you know but what the implication was? Yeah, though? yeah, yeah, I can share that. So the third is the one where they there is no the desires are disappearing. Hmm. The desire for ego gratifications more specifically and humility and service uh, to the collective is becoming priority in the, that that stage Sounds like Pisces. it is and that's the funny thing because Pisces is the end of the line yeah. when we look at the procession from Aries to Pisces Pisces is the world weary of yeah. uh, lived here many times entity energy that's ready you know to kind of just sacrifice where they need to for the young ones and then transition into the next experience. So just to come back just to the thing from before, we're sure. talking about the fact that even the people we consider leaders are not perfect. Yes. They can't be. Yeah. No one is perfect. Yeah. And we're all going to keep on growing at whatever pace that we do. Mm -hmm. um, I do think, again, if we could start to get some of these mentalities, some of the stuff we went over, uh, sovereignty within ourselves, which includes forgiveness and understanding, um, uh, anarchy of some kind so some form of uh, uh, system where we're able to be free within that yeah, no masters no masters exactly mm -hmm. and then the ability to have to learn from people though even if you don't and someone's not a master but we can learn from someone who might have something to offer without putting them onto a pedestal right. and without allowing that dynamic of now I'm giving my power up to you <laughs> yeah. to come about I think those would be three just wonderful things for us to integrate as a society and and I think that again that whole thing will require a lot of communication and call-ins mm. have you heard that word before call-in i have i, I fucking have. love that shit i do too. <laughs> better than call out right well call out has its function but mm. i think that it has the potential to create the same problems again when it comes to oppression yep and so a call-in is the version mm. where you go i care about you enough to have a conversation with you mm -hmm. i care about you enough to say hey you fucked that up over there yep and you need to know that 
but I care about you. That's why I'm saying it. It's not a matter of like going to like a call out's kind of like a public uh, on the what do you call it, on the cross or whatever right or on the oh, being, like a crucifixion exactly or, yeah. or, or being hung in the middle of the town or whatever that's like a call out yeah. a call in is hey bro sister i think that we could grow here i think that we could actually if if you saw yourself from a different perspective and maybe from a more realistic percept- perspective you'd see that this is an area where you can grow yep. and you can help facilitate that yeah. And that coming from a place of someone who genuinely loves to like just that um, heart centered focus, like while you're you're conveying that kind of a call in. Um, I mean, that can be really helpful to people. Sometimes they just want to be able to feel held, even if it's energetically. That's right. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of that lately, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. um, on a, a, ver- a variety of subjects and even tricky subjects that a lot of people would not feel very happy about but being able to hold that kind of unconditional love and Mm -hmm. also direction by saying also like look at yourself clearly here like this i love you and also we need to change yeah (laughs) Yeah. remember i was saying earlier about the mother father -father, paradigm that we need i mean so as within so uh so without law of correspondence i'm just throwing these out there for anybody who's interested in googling (laughs) it um you know, we were there's a mother, father, and child archetype inside of mm. us, and our biological parents may not have provided the best examples, and sometimes we project that out onto them. Most likely, um, <laughs> yes, in most cases, actually. But cultivating what we need for ourselves as parents and parenting ourselves um, is so wonderful. And then at the same time, in the bigger sphere, like in a community or in a nation, to have that same high consciousness, uh, high level of self-awareness, uh, parenting of a mother and father type where it is calling in because a parent isn't going to kick their kid out just for messing up. Yeah, well, you would hope. Right? <laughs> well, ideally, right? Yeah. Ideally, in a healthy situation, uh, mom's going to, you know, tell you what's up. The father's going to tell you what's up, give you a hug and a kiss and, and say, like, are you now are we ready to move forward? Yeah. You know, and, and, and move forward in a new direction if you exactly, have to. Exactly. Yeah. With guidance and support. Yeah. Right? And so uh, that would be really nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're coming to the end of this. Um, There's one question I've been asking every person that I've had on here. And that's just, if you had one generalized message for the world, what would it be? So in other words, if you had like a, you could write it down in the sky, you had an airplane fly and it said something and everyone could go, Oh fuck, look at that. What would that be? Yeah. Know, know thyself. And then you will know the nature of how this universe operates. You don't need anyone to tell you how to do it. I mean, gurus and parents and, and support is always good, but when you know, then you know, and you can. So know thyself and you'll know the nature of the universe. That's beautiful. Yeah. Sarah, if people wanted to find you mm-hmm. to for uh, astrological consultations, psychic uh, consultations, yeah. would you, a tarot uh, consultation, yeah. what, what else do you do? Anything else you want to say? Um, well, I mean, those are the, that pretty much covers it. I use those tools and modalities to just provide you with the information you need for conflict resolution, just decision-making, um, spiritual inquiry and self-growth, um, and you know, knowing yourself, finding out who you are, how you operate, deep diving into that. Yeah. So if you're looking for a consultation or an exorcism, um, (laughs) where, where might they find you though? Um, okay. So locally here in Halifax, you can just swing by the neighborhood, Witch general store on queen street. And alternatively, you can check out my Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Sarah's L chemical workshop. And I'd say that's the best way to go because yeah. you never know where you're going to be in six months. Oh, yeah. True enough. <laughs> that's true. Like at the moment, I'm here in Halifax, but we don't know where, where things are going. So it is your best bet. Uh, Facebook.com slash Sarah's. Exactly. And you do workshop. you do um, obviously video calls and stuff, too. Oh, yeah. I do video calls, audio calls, like all my services are online and they're um, optimized so that we can have a really Great. awesome online experience. This has been a wonderful conversation, Sarah, and I love you a lot. Love you, too, Josh. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions for the podcaster today, send an email to questionjcp at gmail.com. That's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-J-C-P at gmail.com.